Hi, my name's Carly Reid from CX Today, bringing you all the latest customer experience news from the industry. Now, today we're joined by Esteban Kolsky, SAP's CX Evangelist. Welcome, Esteban. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you. Lovely to have you with us today. Now, we're going to be getting to know Esteban a little bit better over the course of this exclusive interview. But Esteban, for the sake of introductions, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Of course. I, uh, as you said, I'm uh, the chief evangelist for CX at SAP. I've been doing that for about uh, six months. I've been at SAP a little over a year. I came here to help create the strategy. And then when uh, the strategy was created, we got somebody who's better at implementing it than I am. Uh, before that, I was an analyst for 20 years. I spent eight years with Gardner and 12 years on my own. And before that, I did an immense amount of roles in the customer service industry, including answering the phones in a support line, running support centers and things like that. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Esteban. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to be talking to Esteban about automating conversations in CX. So let's get down to our questions. First one for you today, then, Esteban. Why is it so important for businesses to automate conversations today? Here's, here's the easiest way to put it, right? Businesses have a lot of customers, way too many customers. And with those many customers come many questions. And the inability to answer all those questions in a timely manner is why automation works really, really well, right? So imagine, for example, if you have a million customers and 10,000 of them want to ship something back to you because you ship the product that they need to return and they need to know your policies or where to ship it to or how to package it or something like that. All those questions become very, very repetitive. And for you to actually put somebody in the phone saying, you know, Acme, how can I help you? Oh, yes, to send it to us, our address is 123 Main Street. Yes, no, you're welcome. Acme, how can I help you? Yes, our address is 123. But the third time, the person that's in the phone, the last thing they want to do is repeat it, right? So those are simple transactions, which in most cases go between 40 and 50% of interactions for most organizations that you can easily automate. Now, the complexity increases as the products become more complex or the questions become more complex, right? You may have a technical issue that is not easy to diagnose. So then you actually want to put somebody in the phone for that. You may have an exception, something that you never thought about. Uh, somebody who lives, you know, guess what? Somebody went to Mars with the first rocket ship to Mars and they took one of your products and then they need to return it. So how do you return it to Earth, right? I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but exceptions come up all the time. So for exceptions, and complex solutions, you really don't want to automate the conversations. You want to be there. Once you automate the simple conversations, one thing you'll notice as a business is that you'll have more time and resources available to, to like start moving down from complexity to simpler questions. So you can create some sort of rule where you actually create some one-on-one -on -one personalized interaction. But for the most part, the reason why is because these 40, 50% of questions at the entry level, they should, they're easy to automate. And like they cost nothing to do that way. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Esteban. Now, predictive analytics is the focus topic for CX Today this month. So, Esteban, we'd like to know, how do you think predictive analytics can help to drive the voice of the customer? We only have a couple of minutes, though, because I, mean, I can go for hours and days, by the way. One of the key problems with predictive analytics is like, you know, we as humans know that what we do cannot be predicted, right? I mean, 
there's a chance that it could get there, but that chance may be that you don't do it. I mean, you may, uh, you know, back in the day when we used to commute to work, remember the good old days like a year and a half ago, right? Back in the days when we used to come out, commute to work, you may leave your house at the same time and you may walk, you know, a few blocks and catch catch the metro or the subway or the tube, go to work, walk a few blocks, you know, stop to get a coffee and then go to work, right? That might be your routine and you do that all the time. But then one day you overslept or one day you, you know, you woke up early and you want to go in early to work and the, 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 the tube is not running or whatever. So things will change and that predictability disappears. You know, one of the key problems with predictability is like, you know, we think that everything will repeat itself the same every single time. And one of the things that humans bring to the equation is the unpredictability, right? We do things that are not predictable. We may have different reasons. We may have different um, ambitions. We may have different outcomes that we're looking for. I may be calling my bank today to know what my balance is because I want to make a big purchase. Or I may be calling to know what my balance is because I think that somebody was using my credit card over the weekend. They're both the same interaction. I'm trying to get my balance. But there's different levels of support. You, you, know, you can automate the concept of like, just giving you my balance versus you have to create a whole process behind, you know, credit card fraud. So this is this is the problem with predictability. Is the easiest way to get it wrong, right? There, there's a saying, I'm, I'm from Argentina, and there's a saying that roughly translated is like, you know, man plans, God laughs. In this case, it would be like, you know, customers, you know, brands plan, customers laugh because customers will do whatever they want. So predictive analytics is very useful to try to determine narrow down the potential likelihood of something happening. But when you really want to get down to like what your customers are going to do, you need to shift from predictive, which is, you know, this happened in the past, so let's hope it happens again, to prescriptive analytics, which is this happened in the past. There's three potential outcomes. There's a 20, 20, and, and, and 60% chance that this will happen. So let's focus on 60% because we think it's more likely that's going to happen. And that changes all the time. So... Predictive is a great way to get started into like, you know, the ability to optimize processes and to get the right next step. Prescriptive is where you actually get to guess the right next step. And then That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Esteban. And do you think that automation should complement or counteract a live agent workforce? Well, <laughs> one of the key problems with companies is that when they hear that automation is practically free, right? Because you set up a process in place, you set up a workflow, you let it loose and it does the job, then they want to send as much as possible to try to save money, right? But there's there's a certain degree of interaction that is necessary in many different scenarios. I mean, complex transactions, um, you know, we were talking about this earlier, uh, exceptions, but more important, the fact that customers actually, in some cases, will want to have the one-on-one -on -one interaction, right? Each customer will have different needs and different desires on how to do it. I never want to touch a person again. I'm not a human being that likes people. I like to interact with computers. I like to get an answer automatically. I like to get a chatbot. I like to text if I have a question and get a, a question back by text. You know, anxiety, all these things that kick in. I don't like to deal with that, right? But there's people that really don't like that. There's people that prefer to pick up the phone and call. So. Um, should, should they have a, I think, yes, there's, there's two ways you do this right. One is understand your customers and predilection for a different type of communication and conversation, right? So do you want to uh, talk to somebody in person all the time? Then your valuable customer will make that happen, right? And, and, and two, the agent itself can benefit from this automation 
by actually when they're talking to the person and, and you know, the person expresses the problem, they type it into a screen that using automation brings up the answer that the, the, the chatbot would have provided. And by doing that, the agent doesn't have to think through it and doesn't have to worry about it. And you're actually that, you know, accelerating the, the, the time to resolution for that specific agent. So it's not one or the other, it's like they both need to mesh and work well together. Brilliant, thank you, Esteban. And that kind of brings me to my next question, really. Do you think that live agents can learn something from automation or maybe even automating conversations? Yeah, so, so in that case, it's more like a two-way street because um, agents were the original automation, you know, uh, uh, people, right? They're the ones who actually figured out how to deliver the transactions, what's the answer, what's the fund information, what do you give them, what do you have to ask, and things like that. If, if you're smart as a company, you will look at what your agents did, and then you start as a guide to automation, and then automate what they've been doing, and then that's, that's your automation strategy, and that's a good way to get started. But that automation strategy, as it goes through, is going to learn from itself, right? I may have a certain article that I want to push to you, and you know it works fine the first six, seven, eight times, but then by the ninth time, you notice that there's something else missing, and then you need a second article. So everybody who comes through automation, gets to that point, they get the answer, and then they need one more thing, and then they go and like interact with the customer, or they start a separate session, and then like, you know, it's a follow-up with information that is complementary. So then that's what you're learning. As an agent, you're learning how to optimize the process. And again, it's a two-way street because the agent itself, as they actually carry out certain duties, then becomes the creators of the next automation scripts, right? We were talking earlier about how you want to start with like, you know, the, the low, low, you know, the, the, the low lying fruit, the easy to automate transactions and then leave the more complex ones for, for a second. But as you start tacking into the complex ones, you can automate some of those as well. So then you may go from 45, 50% automation to 60, 70% automation. And that is actually the value that the organization gets from that. So it's a kind of a two way street. They both learn what's going on and improve it. As Brilliant. Well. Thank you so much, Esteban. And last question for you today, then, what do you think the future holds for automation and CX? Um, I, <laughs> look, I, I, first of all, I'm going to come up clean. I, I don't believe in singularity and computers taking over. <laughs> so that's completely out of the question here, right? I, I do believe there's a lot of value for businesses in artificial intelligence and uh, machine learning. I do believe that automation is, is you know, the, the, the goal of everything that we do in business. Yeah, as business continues to grow, both the number of customer, number of problems, number of products, and complexity of the company, as you mesh all this together, you need to have some automation because otherwise you cannot make it all work, right? Um, I see is I, I see uh, the, the biggest barrier that we have is people's true understanding of AI. Well, we have movies that talk about a, you know, machines taking over and uh, becoming self-aware and, and sentient and things like that. That's not going to happen. So, I mean, you know, for that to happen, we need to tell the machines to do it. They don't reason it on their own. Machines don't have intuition. They don't have reasoning power. They have the ability to completely re repeat tasks, you know, brute force until they find the right answer. And we're going to continue to optimize that model so we can actually create more complex questions or simpler answers, automate more as I was saying earlier. But more important is that like, he needs to deliver a value to the company. If he doesn't deliver a value to the company, it doesn't matter how much you do it. So what I see in the future, more value, better understanding, better models. But, you know, I, I, I hate to break it to you guys, but Terminator's not going to happen <laughs> anytime soon. So. Thank you so much, Esteban. Thank you for that. Um, 
so sadly that's all we have time for today special thanks to oh. esteban from sap for joining us thank you again esteban now, if you enjoyed our exclusive interview with Esteban from SAP, then please do share our video on social media. It's always greatly appreciated when you do so, and do subscribe to our channel as well. So from myself and from Esteban, it's goodbye for now. I'm Carly Reed from CX Today. Thank you for watching.